The aim of Black Mental Matters is to tell experiences with honesty. Therefore, some discussions may trigger an adverse reaction. If a discussion is beginning to upset you, we advise that you please stop listening and talk to your support team. Welcome to another edition of Black Mental Matters. It's Vince the Voice, your boy. Yep, still on the grind, trying to get this mental health, you know, under control in our community. You know, of course it is Black Mental Matters because it's such a stigma in our community, but it's a stigma just about everywhere. And each year, it's crazy that millions of Americans with mental health illnesses, they struggle to find mental health care. I just had a situation with a friend who, I mean, where do I go, where do I go? Thank God that I had some information because nearly half of the 60 billion adults and children living with mental health conditions in the United States, they go without any treatment. And then when you do seek treatment, you have to a lot of times navigate a fragmented and costly system full of obstacles. And as a result, many people can't access mental health care when they need it the most. Well, today's episode is about finding those resources and we have got an expert. She has done the work and she is going to lay it out for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Tell a friend. It's Black Mental Matters, and it starts right now. It's Black Mental Matters. Once again, Vince the Voice and Makiba Reed Johnson. <laughs> Makiba. Where you been? Hey, we, we've been on tour all around the world, all around the country, telling people about intergenerational trauma, and 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 the feedback has been outstanding, Makiba. So thank you, and do, thank Dr. Harrington for sharing such great information that 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 truly affects us all, right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And that was a fantastic podcast. Great information. Great information. And guess what? We got a good one today, uh, Makiba, because oh, yeah. on the line, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, she is the co-founder of Navigate Hope Incorporated, a nonprofit 501c3 that is improving the mental health and well-being of all members of the community through outreach, education, and support. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Lisa Boylan. Now give it up in the Hey guys. Hey Lisa. Don't you love how he introduces you like you are coming out in the ring? I'm telling you. I'm, I'm feeling like I should have a cape on, but you know. You do. Makes, he makes me feel like I'm somebody. You are. Oh, you are. <laughs> you, I, you know what's ironic is that I met Lisa uh, Makiba at one of our corporate fight nights where yes. uh, the resources, uh, where funds were going to the Ridgeview Institute's uh, Alumni Association. That's yes. why I met, and and Lisa, I don't know if you know that I met Makiba. Makiba is a champion. She is a champion boxer that I met wow. through the corporate fight night at Buckhead Fight Club as oh, well. That is amazing. Full small world. Full circle. Yes. <laughs> Full circle. So this is great. This is great. And and so uh, on this uh, program, Lisa, we, you know, really try to help folks, you know, get some uh, good information and uh, understand, again, that they're not alone. And truly, um, when you're going through some type of mental health uh, crisis or someone is going through a mental health crisis, you can feel alone. But there are resources. And what we want to do, Makiba has been on me about this for uh 
uh, several weeks now <laughs> about what people, you know, being able to navigate when there is a mental health issue uh, for that person or their family. So I don't I don't even know where we begin because it's a big, big topic. But uh, let, why don't we just say that here in the state of Georgia uh, right mm-hmm. now, there there are supposed to be additional resources that are going to be put out here. But mm-hmm. so, but let, let, let's start with what we have right now. If someone, you know, was was either experiencing or someone in their family was experiencing something like that. How, how does it work? How does it work, Lisa? Sure. Um, so to give a little bit of reference when it comes to um, Georgia, um, we are really um, behind mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when it comes to um, mental health resources and education, for sure. So when we're talking about all of the states, unfortunately, Georgia comes in 50. Out of 50? Out of 50. Oh, my gosh. Um, When it comes to, you know, resources and, you know, having conversations like this and being able to um, get people connected is so important Um, because when, you know, when you don't feel like you have those resources, you know, and the support and helping to, you know, decrease the stigma, it makes it very difficult for people to navigate through where do I get the help? Where do I get the resources? And, you know, I really um, hope that we can start, you know, providing those resources and getting out of that 50 um, range because it's so important. Why are we 50? What, wow. what, 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 what makes us that, that we're 50? Is it the amount of money that's out there, the amount of uh, facilities? What is it that makes us so low on the totem pole? You know, um, that is, you know, that is a great question. You know, I think that as far as resources go for um, psychiatrists, um, psychologists, for licensed clinical social workers, there's just such a limit when it comes to um, the state of Georgia. It just is. But, you know, you asked that key question about, you know, when somebody is in a state of emergency, you know, what is it that they do? Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, a couple of things, you know, we can look at if somebody is at home and they're actively suicidal and they don't feel like they can safely get to um, an emergency receiving facility um, like a place like Ridgeview, they can always call the crisis and access line. So for the state of Georgia, the Georgia crisis and access line, Mm -hmm. um, their phone number is 1-800-715-4225. And there is going to be an initiative, I believe it's July 16th, that they are looking to change that so it makes it a lot easier because I just gave you that number and I don't think that any... Right, um, I was running for a pin. Really just, <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> um, so let's make it easy on folks, right? So um, what they are looking to do is change. This is a number that has already been instituted in um, other states, but just like we have the number 911 for medical emergencies, um, they're looking to change this to a 988 for mental health emergencies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, again, you know, trying to, especially when you're in a state of crisis, having to um, remember um, a long number can be, you know, very trying. So, you know, that's one, um, one way. And, you know, they will guide you through and even bring somebody out to the house if they need to do that, to have a licensed counselor be able to do an assessment to determine what kind of level of care is needed. Now, if it gets to a point where you are close to an emergency room, by all means, you can go to any of your local emergency departments to have that Mm -hmm. assessment done. But 
you know, even better yet, places like, you know, Ridgeview, you can go right in. They're open 24-7 for free walk-in assessments to be able to have an assessment done by a licensed clinical professional that can determine, is this, you know, is this a case where you need to come in to have that crisis stabilization done? Are you needing to find a counselor and you never have? Or, you know, is this that you kind of need a little bit extra support, but not necessarily requiring that inpatient? Um, Then outpatient services um, may be something that uh, is more um, of a suit, um, you know, for you in that case. Wow, Lisa, you are giving such great information. Vince and I have been having a lot of conversations surrounding the just the lack of information that's out there especially you know concerning suicidal ideation and and mm-hmm. people that are having a mental health crisis and i was looking up some just some some numbers i i found that in 2010 one in every eight emergency room visits in the u.s was related to a mental health or substance abuse wow. emergency and so oh. i wanted to find out what was the definition and, 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 and I, I've, I've had a personal experience with this. I actually have spent time at Ridgeview for, for a suicide attempt. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, and I'm comfortable disclosing that with you. But a, a mental health emergency is defined as a life-threatening situation in which an individual is threatening immediate harm to self or others, is severely disoriented or out of touch with reality or is otherwise out of control. And I think for a lot of people who kind of stick to what they think a mental health emergency is in terms of this type of definition, Hmm. the the, the language is all wrong when Hmm. it's breaking down what suicidal ideation is because it's in no way the person wanting to hurt or harm themselves it's it's more accurately that in this present moment that person doesn't want to be here anymore they're tired of this life they want to escape all the pain and sadness that they're feeling and that these emotions when you put into more affirming words that they're having an experience and what people aren't really looking at is This is an experience that someone's having and not just how they're feeling. And I think that that's the problem with with the minimizing of the importance of having this seen as a an actual medical emergency is that people tend to think, oh, well, if you're, you know, suicidal and you're you're trying to execute a plan or you're thinking about steps to complete, you know, a suicide attempt that it's a feeling and that if you just wait a few days, you'll feel better and you need to get mm. some rest or, you know, so, so I think just the language that we're using, yeah. it, we, we, we just need to be more careful of getting information out there and normalizing this conversation yes. and also taking away the stigma and the embarrassment and the shame. And that's why I love that you guys have an alumni association because that just brings so much pride in healing because nobody talks about their mental health successes like for instance i had double knee surgery at emory and i was at crawford long with doing my physical therapy and i will in a minute Mm -hmm. raise oh emory was great i had these great physicians they got me back on my feet i'm 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 back to running now and training but nobody Mm -hmm. talks about their mental health experience because it's clouded with stigma yes. and shame and people and families, you know, when I went through mine, nobody wanted to, to talk about it yes. because, it, you know, 
all of the embarrassment that goes on with it. So I'm so glad that we have you here today with us, Lisa, so you can start helping us to get this information out to people so people aren't ashamed to talk to their loved ones who are experiencing this. Of course. You know, and another great resource is um, an organization um, called NAMI. Yes. Um, and it stands for National Alliance of Mental Illness. And this was a great resource for myself and my family, you know, personally. Um, and just like you were saying, it, being able to decrease that stigma and have a supportive network in a system is so vital to, you know, any kind of um, success, um, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, mental health or whether it's, you know, physical health, you know, having that support um, is crucial. And we also know that it increases the success when you have those that are around you. And a place like NAMI has um, a wonderful wealth of information. Um, in most counties, you can find what they call a chapter. And within those chapters, they have support group meetings on a weekly basis, monthly basis. Wow. Some have what they call peer-to-peer. You really kind of have to look at your county specifically, but you can go onto the NAMI.org website to find the closest chapter you know, to you. And wow. within that chapter, you can find out whether or not they have a family support group or if they have both a family support group and a peer-to-peer. And what that looks like is families can go in, have that support. They can ugly cry with other families. They're not going <laughs> to feel like they're judged at all. They're going to have cry. families that are there that are going to be able to yes. recognize exactly what you're going through. Yes. And then at the same time, the peer-to-peer, the individual who is you know, struggling um, Mm -hmm. can also be with other peers that are going through the same thing. So again, they're not feeling like they're alone and that they have a support network and a system outside. Um, And I think that that's one of the things that is missing or people are struggling to find resources that when they come out of a a place like Ridgeview, um, you know, you go through the inpatient, you step down um, into outpatient services and, and then having a network like that alumni in your county. Um, to be able to support is a wonderful resource. Mental Health America as well um, on their website has a ton of resources, printable resources that you can use. They have specifically some resources called Tools to Thrive. Mm. And they hit upon different kinds of, you know, topics that are very real life applications and then worksheets that you can um, print off um, to help you be able to use those resources um, in everyday kind of practical um, ways. Um, So, you know, again, there are resources that are out there. Um, It's just knowing where to go to be able to, you know, access those. And both NAMI and Mental Health America are across the states. It's not just specific here to Georgia. I love you use the term ugly cry. It, it took me back yes. to, you know, we, we've all been through, you know, of course, uh, my my, yes. my dad and my brother uh, actually both uh, succumbed to uh, suicide. And so, you know, part of the reason for doing this, it, but there are times I was in Walmart and the song from uh, Fast and the Furious came on, it been a long, and I'm standing in the middle of Walmart, bawling <laughs> like a baby, the ugly cry, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. 
and uh, um, but you need. I, I tell you, I feel so much better after that. But it, it you know, mm-hmm. it just really, really hit me. Um, and and through talking to people like yourself and and Makiba and and just in general, you know, uh, I realized that I'm not the only one. Uh, I am not alone, and that gives me comfort as well. And so, um, you know, you talked about nine eight eight. That is so boy. That is going to be so good that, that we can dial one number nine eight eight to get yes. some some help uh, a direct line to train national suicide prevention uh, lifeline uh, counselors I think it uh, I was looking and it said uh, it's going to be operational starting July 16th of this year mm-hmm. uh, looking at the site of, of the uh, Georgia Department of Be- Behavioral Health and Developmental uh, Disabilities and mm-hmm. what what that also uh, did for me um, in looking is that you know we were talking quite a bit here about the suicide but when we talk about mental health there's all kinds of instances whether it's uh, substance abuse uh, mm-hmm. crisis services a friend of mine you know who house was torn down twice by a tornado and he said man I was at the lowest point in my life you know I can believe that you know twice it's like yeah. oh my god what's you know why me kind of thing and so there are different scenarios as it relates to mental health and which may mean uh, different uh, of course different providers different specialties out there as well right well yes. you know I'm, and I'm so glad that you mentioned uh, Walmart. Um, that's another great resource that I don't know that people are aware of. I can buy some mental so, health at Walmart. What? They got everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're having this conversation. Right? Give, me, <laughs> give me two calms and a uh, <laughs> and a content, please. Wholesale. So, <laughs> so for the state of Georgia, they actually have, um, I believe, eleven different care clinics. Wow. Um, that have wow. Mm-hmm, Give it up for Walmart. There. Yeah. Mm. That have um, therapists and counselors um, right mm. there to be able to, you know, provide some of those resources um, as well. Medlink is another um, resource. Um, they have different primary care um, clinics throughout Georgia, and they have uh, different clinicians that rotate through their clinic as well to be able to provide um, additional um, resources. Wow. That wow. Is, that is wow. good. Yeah. A- this, this is all new information for me, and mm-hmm. I've been in Georgia my whole life, and I've been interested in mental health advocacy for, oh gosh, over 20 years, and this is my first time. Lisa, you are making me so happy, because let me tell you, <laughs> you are talking about exactly what I feel like has been missing. I, I always think about the AA model of Mm -hmm. how, you know, people that are struggling with alcohol addiction can just go online and just find a support group around the corner and just show up. You know, there, there's no requirement. You don't have to do anything. You don't even have to speak if you're not comfortable. And I've always wondered why are there no meetings or support groups for those struggling Mm. with depression? And also I've always wondered, you know, why can't we also have that sponsor model that Mm. AA has and you just hit it right on the head with the information that you just gave about the support groups and also having a person that can check in with you because if there's no aftercare, that's where so many people kind of fall through the cracks is after they leave treatment, they they don't know what else to do because it's just not normalized conversation 
to bring up, especially if you're struggling with suicidal ideation and crippling depression and anxiety there, you know, you don't have a circle of people around you that can facilitate that conversation. And to know that right here in Georgia, that these things are accessible and available right now, this is huge. This is definitely things that have, um, you know, come up within the last, you know, year or two um, when it comes to, you know, Walmart. I, you know, I really feel like Georgia as a whole um, recognize that there, you know, is a need and there has been a lot of money and efforts that are going towards being able to support additional resources. Um, And so I feel like at least we are heading in the right direction, but we we still have a long ways to go. Um, You know, and my husband and I, and, you know, because of a lot of the struggles that we found ourselves and recognizing that we need to have more candid conversations, um, you know, started a nonprofit of our own um, called Navigate Hope, of all things, as we're talking about navigating. And it's about connecting those resources. And, you know, one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about finding those resources and letting people know that there are resources and people that care um, yes. and a community and a family, you know, that are there to be able to you know support each other. Um, because there is. There's a great need for having conversations like we're having right now. Um, and so monthly we we have what we call coffee chats and we have real conversations. So last month we had a conversation about what we call ants and they're not just the little pesky insects um, that you know come in and bother us but it stands for automatic negative thinking and we all have. Um, and so again it's about bringing in the community and let's have some real conversations and what does that look like and how can we reframe and um, do things better because you know what we want to do is we want to be able to connect with people before they get into crisis now even at a young age if we can you know have some of those real conversations with our young folks um, and be able to educate them about how our brains develop and um, and knowing that it doesn't matter how old we are it's not that our brains just finally end in, in growth and development but that our brains have the capability of being rewired and there's something called neuroplasticity yes. um, and that we can do things actively where we feel like sometimes we're out of control whether it's what's going on in the world or what's going on in our home that we have the capability of um, being in control of our own mind and redirecting the way that we think about things and the way that we tackle things. Um, But, you know, again, it's, you know, if you don't have the opportunity of being able to be taught or being able to connect in those environments that will be able to teach you a different way, um, how are you going to know? Um, So those are, you know, opportunities that, you know, we are trying to have out in the community um, through these coffee chats. to Navigate hope. Navigate hope. Yes. And, you know, we do we do things like QPR training um, out in the community as well. Um, this is something that's also provided um, through NAMI and Mental Health America. And the way that I explain it to people is we use um, CPR when we're dealing with medical emergencies. Mm-hmm. We use QPR when we're dealing with mental health emergencies. Yes. Question, persuade, um, yes. refer. It is. It is. So it's, you know, feeling comfortable enough to ask that direct question. I think there's a myth around if we talk about suicide and plan it in somebody's brain. And, you know, it's not that at all. If somebody's suffering and they're really thinking about suicide, it is such a weight off their shoulders to 
gosh, somebody is, you know, open enough, number one, to care enough to talk to me about it. Number two, um, give me an environment where I feel safe and not judged. That Mm. key is for persuade, Um, you know, persuading them to get the help that they need. Um, And, you know, being, you know, just being there with them to figure out what that looks like. Is it counseling? Is it outpatient? You know, are they in crisis where we need to get you somewhere safe? Um, And then that R is for refer, knowing what your resources are out in the community. Those NAMI support groups, the mental health online, your community service boards. So the state of Georgia and many states have what they call community service boards for your county. And you can look that up as well to find out what kind of resources do your um, community service board have. Some of them have after school programs like in the Athens area, it's called Apex. In the Gwinnett area, um, they have a Strive Clubhouse. And this is, you know, a place where kids can go and get the counseling that they need and, again, have another network of folks that can support them. You wow. are, she's uh, one that's been born for this kind of uh, work, uh, Makiba, wouldn't you yes. agree? You mentioned Gwinnett mm-hmm. County. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, with your with your official hat on, uh, Lisa, you did something uh, that has never been done before uh, here, and that was work with the police or the sheriff's department yeah. uh, about how to deal, you know, law enforcement awesome. because that's that's what we hear a lot about the mental health oh this guy was having a crisis uh-huh. the next thing you know he got shot you know kind of yeah. thing um d- d- briefly talk about that sure so um actually um the Gwinnett Sheriff's Mental Health Task Force is um the only one of its kind in Georgia and um I commend them for just yes. leading by example recognizing that there was you know a need um they could have easily um said that this is you know too big but they didn't not only did they decide that they were going to tackle this but they recognized the importance of community and partnership um and reached out to see what we could do to partner um and to help. Um, and so we definitely, um, you know, did that. And we provided that QPR training um, to about 50 of their their team there at the Gwinnett Mental Health um, Task Force to be able to provide them the tools to be able to recognize when somebody is, you know, in crisis. But one of the things that I even, you know, talked with them even more about is as we walked through um, this training, it wasn't just about the community that they might interact with, but I also um, talked to them about the statistics here in Georgia when it came to our first-line responders. Two years ago, more lives were lost to suicide than the Mm -hmm. active line of duty when it came to our first-line responders. You know, and that says, that speaks volumes. And, you know, so as we were doing the training, I wanted to make sure that, yes, we are um, training you to be able to recognize these in the community when you're, you know, called out, but also to make sure that they're checking in with each other because they are seeing things every single day that the average person is not. And it's kind of like trauma over and over and over again. And, you know, they're built to be strong and we're the ones that come out and protect the community and not wanting to show any kind of, you know, weakness. But, you know, obviously that's not working very well. So we need to make sure that we're taking care of each other. Wow. Wow. 
Outstanding, outstanding. Uh, we need more to one of our goals here. Um, uh, McKeeba and, and Carol, our other uh, uh, tri- uh, part of this tripod, is to encourage uh, uh, folks, young folks, you know, to get into this field because it's so needed, mm-hmm. uh, particularly mm-hmm. in the black community. Uh, but but throughout the, but throughout, definitely in Georgia, period, for everybody. I don't care what community you are in. And so this has been a, a career that you've taken on. I mean, would you recommend this for those out there? Uh, um, uh, Lisa, the, this type of work. Uh, well, if I can do full transparency, this was not def- this was not something that I sought after at all. Oh, it um, found you. Wow. It found you. <laughs> That's how You're it works. Calling. That's how it, it works. <laughs> you know, it has come full circle, and I definitely um, recommend this to anybody. You know, the fact of the matter is, you know, statistically, it's one in five. Um, across the U.S. Um, that in your lifetime that you're going to struggle. So, you know, it, this is something that touches every single one of our, you know, our lives. It just does. And as far as, you know, getting into it as a field, absolutely. It is a difficult one, but um, it is so needed. And the reward that you get from being able to, you know, help each other, help the community, help your family, yes. um, and yeah. even help yourself. Yes. Um, yes. It, it's so needed. Yes, yes. Yes, absolutely. And and I just also just want to just, just include that, you know, in this mental health conversation that we are also aware that right now is a time when a lot of Asian Americans are dealing with a lot of mental health issues with all of the, you know, things uh, and the images online of, of mm-hmm. elderly individuals being attacked and just the senseless mm-hmm. violence against the Asian community. And I mean, just just it's so important to make sure that we're having these conversations for everyone to get these resources out there and to start having the conversation and not feeling like this is something that you only talk about if you're quote unquote unquote, crazy or if you're having, you know, a psychotic break. No, it's, it's the day to day conversations that you can have with an individual that will make a difference. So I really appreciate you, Lisa, and all the information that you're giving us today. This is stuff that I've never even, I wasn't even aware that we even had here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, I completely um, understand. Um, you know, I've, I've been a nurse for 26 years. Oh, and- wow watch mental health come through, you know, the doors and really um, kind of push back because I didn't feel like it was an emergency. Right. Um, we were seeing, you know, we, yes. were seeing a, we were seeing patients here and there um, and we would all kind of rally around and, you know, figure it out. Unfortunately, yeah. there were protocols for everything. We had protocols for chest pain, for stroke, mm. for sepsis. There was no protocol for mental health and it right. wasn't going away. And so yes. just like the Gwinnett Sheriff's Mental Health Task Force, you know, recognized and addressed and tackled it. So did the hospitals and the emergency rooms. And, you know, just like you were talking about the statistics of, you know, patients coming through the ERs. This mm-hmm. is what hospitals are are being, you know, addressed with. And, you know, again, if it could be more a part of the, you know, education um, when folks are going through their medical programs and their nursing programs to really address that this is a part of medical health, medical illness, diagnoses. This isn't something that people, you know, choose. And And, um, and it it, it needs to be on par with physical health as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Well, I encourage everyone uh, who was looking for resources, rewind this uh, wow. tape and go back. Uh, Lisa gave a laundry list. In the meantime, while we're working to get out of this uh, 50th out of 50 uh, statistic, <laughs> we do have here still in Georgia, the Georgia Crisis and Access Line at 1-800-715-4225, 1-800-715-4225. They'll provide uh, telephonic intervention services, can dispatch mobile crisis teams, assist you finding uh, open crisis or detox bed and link you with urgent appointment services. We're going to hold them to that. Okay, we're going to hold them to that. And uh, in July 20 uh, of uh, July of this year, we should be able to just get on the phone and go 988, come help me out. I'm having a crisis. I, I really yes. pray that, that, that that's exactly what we were saying. I think that was yesterday, Makiba. I was saying 211, yes. but it's 988. Yeah. And uh, we right. need to embed that into everybody's head so that we mm-hmm. can uh, get the uh, mental health uh, services and support that we need. Lisa Boylan, Absolutely. thank you so much for, uh, we, we went a little bit over it. I, I continue if I if I wanted to, but I'm not going to keep you. I thank you so much for, for taking the time. And this won't be the last time that you're going to hear about uh, Lisa Boylan and Black Middle Matters and Nav Hope and, and so many other things because she is a lady that's really on the move and we're trying to keep up with yes. uh, Makiba. We're going yes. to keep up with her. <laughs> we have to. Lisa, you are amazing. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Do you want to well, run for governor? For I got your bringing a platform. <laughs> Lisa Boylan for governor. Oh, <laughs> she got my vote. <laughs> final words, Lisa. I'll give you a chance. Final words. Final words. Any final thoughts you want to throw out there? No, I just you know you know again. Let's you know continue to have the conversation. Um, and if you are you know in need of resources, if you're in need of you know help, please reach out. And if you are needing, if you want to get involved in, in a, the coffee chats, you can always go to www.navnab hopehope.org to find resources that we just talked about is on our resource page and we'll update any of the coffee chats and if anybody wants that QPR training in their community um, please really reach out and let us know that's awesome awesome I just have one quick question Lisa are the are some of the chats um virtual or are or, or are they all in person um right now they're um, back in person oh okay Mm-hmm. So um, we've been doing them at Grace Monroe Church there in Monroe. And, you know, again, if there are other platforms, other places that are looking for, you know, those resources, you know, please reach out to us. You know, this is something that's very, you know, personal to my husband and I um, and all the board members. You know, we want to be able to have, you know, real conversations. Very good. Or we could meet up at Walmart. Awesome. That would work. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we can I love that. <laughs> Shopping sip or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, again, Lisa, thank you so much. Makiba, what a great show again. And oh, uh, yes. listen, folks, I mean, this stuff is serious. Resources are out there. Do not hesitate at all. If you need some help, pick up the phone, go to the website, get busy, and uh, we'll see you next time. So God bless everyone. Black Mental Matters. 